Hi, I'm Max Hoberman from Certain Affinity, and when I'm not making awesome multiplayer games, I'm listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. Greetings and salutations, Xbox friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 203, a.k.a. we should have stopped two episodes ago. Wait, did we skip 202? Did we <laughs> no. skip the palindrome episode? Or did I, no, did, there was an episode. Was I on week? it? Uh, were you on? I don't remember if you were on it. I was uh, on it. Did we miss a sweet Elena, palindrome Elena joke? And Ryan and oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah was, I was here. You? No, I, no, no, no. it's me you and Elena. Oh, right. I, missed, uh, I, I can't even remember a week ago. That's not a good sign. I blew it. Summertime. I need a vacation. Good thing I'm getting did one you, next week. Oh, I was going to say, didn't you just have one? But no, it's coming up. No, it's coming up. Right. It's it's happening soon, thankfully. Wait, does that mean next week is another Mitch Dyer piloted show? Next week, we're just going to do a day early uh, so I can You're going to avoid that catastrophe? Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> Welcome to episode 203 of the world's number one Xbox podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. That is Mitch Dyer. Howdy. Uh, that is, uh, hold on, don't tell me, that's uh, the the Super Time Force. Yes, Captain yes. Bar. I'm wearing a shirt with... Uh, Super Time Force shirt today, Mitch. Oh, I already forgot his name. The guy. Oh, uh, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a play on words, isn't yes. it? Yeah. And it's, it's really a, good. It's a band... It's a anyway, we'll get it later. Jeff Leppard. Jeff Leppard nice, is the character. Nice. Good memory. God, what a good character. The shark, Sean Finnegan. Uh, <laughs> boy. You've got that down. <laughs> it's just like autopilot for you. Yeah. And Destin Legary looking sharp. <clears throat> Thank you. You're not wearing a t-shirt. You're classing up the place a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to wear collared shirts more often. Good man. Nice. Dressed I'm actually like wearing... I finally got my <laughs> Podcast Unlocked t-shirt in Where? the mail. I, I'm glad you asked, Mitch. Nice. Uh, go.ign.com slash store. That was a genuine question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlocked confused. shirts, which nicely, as you can see, <laughs> match the logo. Right match the logo, he says, as he runs away from the microphone. <laughs> match the logo to the uh, yeah. screen. Yeah, uh, I like, the, I like how minimalist it is. Yeah, me too. And that's how I like my shirts, and that's how I uh, was glad that our designer made it this way. Yeah. But we also have Fireteam Chat shirts, yeah. Destin. That's We've right. got Podcast Beyond shirts. We have Anime Club uh, there's a godlike scoot- shirt up there uh, for some reason. I think yeah, all, all of our shirts are godlike, but there's still no NVC. <laughs> there's no NVC shirt? Yeah. That seems like a misfire on yeah, our part. It, Someone made a mistake. Anyway, yeah, check that out if you're interested. And uh, the other fun thing that we wanted to show off this week, which, again, um, if you're not watching on video, maybe take a look at the first 10 minutes of the show on video this week. Because there's this right here. I'm I'm... Holding it up like a, you know, I've got the the Vanna White QVC kind of pose here. This is the Dookie. Someone made it. That special someone, his name is Chris Johnson. I want everyone to tweet him and tell him how cool this is. He is at Sir Chris J. That's S I R, and he's Chris with a K. So S I R K R I S J. He made a Dookie award this for us, guys. This thing is incredible. Yeah. It's a, like, this is an actual Duke controller. It's an a- painted gold mounted to a trophy stand. The, and with an with a, uh, inscription on the base, the Dookie in... that. Now, that's not the Spider-Man PS3 font. That is the original Xbox font, if you remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we both yeah. thought it was Spider-Man it, font. At first, wow. it's like, what? That's the Spider-Man 3 font, which is kind of funny. But uh, no, yeah. it's, it turns out it is, in fact... The original Xbox font, so that is going to be our that's our our table centerpiece right there. If this were Not Thanksgiving for long. dinner, yeah, because at the end of the year, one of you guys is going to win it. Right, we're going to claim it. Mitch and I are tied. You guys you, are doing you, well. You yeah. could have moved forward. Last I know Elena so. got the point, and I didn't. Oh, good. 
obviously everyone listening is, unless you just don't make it that far into the show, in which case I'll tell you that towards the end of the show, we do the Unlock Block trivia segment every week where I test these guys, and I keep a running score for the year. The person with the highest score at the end of the year will take home the Dookie Trophy for the year 2016, and you'll be the defending trivia champion. So I'm, I'm taking a sneak peek at today's trivia. We're over question. halfway home, and again, right now one. it's a it's a neck and neck race yeah. between Mitch and Destin. What's so. the is the cutoff Don't date? Count me out. The last podcast of the year, or is it behind. December 31st? In case we have like an emergency show. <laughs> oh well, uh, hopefully we'll all be on vacation, and if there's a show at the end of the year, it'll be the outtake show. That okay. That we, so we'll come back like January 7th, and we'll announce, and the that order. will be the award okay. pre- presentation. Right. Yes, I think. If there's confetti, well, and balloons. unless unless <laughs> hold on. Unless someone has uh, a commanding enough lead in December, where I can, where none of you, you can, can catch up. Yeah, good point. And then, yeah, the exactly. Over, yeah. All right, now I have a new goal. <laughs> <laughs> so to we'll crush play. Destined beneath my boots. We will play Jeez. the unlock block trivia game later in the show for a chance to get even closer for one of you gentlemen to the Dookie. Uh, I want to start the show this week by by an excellent reader suggestion. <clears throat> I wouldn't call it quite a slow week, but there's nothing crazy going on. And it is that time. It's the summer. I thought we'd go around and talk about our game of the year picks so far. Let's actually narrow it even our Xbox game of the year picks so sure. far. Dota 2 would have been my answer, but since you <laughs> narrowed it down. Yeah, that's <laughs> Far that's Cry 2. Far Cry 2 is an Xbox game still. <laughs> that's true. It does count. <laughs> there's nothing in the rules that says it had to come out. Far this Cry year. 2 remains the best game you can play in 2015. Mass Effect 1. <laughs> Xbox. Xbox exclusive. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm rating yeah. it in. Stop all it. Right, all right. Enough of this. So yeah, uh, it, it's actually it's been an interesting year so far because it's been mostly slow with a couple yeah. of huge beats. I mean, April we had Mortal Kombat, May we had The Witcher, uh, June's, Batman. June's Batman. Beginning of the year was Dying Light, Evolve, Dying Light. Yeah, so it, it seems like it's been slow, but it turns out it's just they've all been kind of spread out. As far as first party exclusive Xbox things, if you're leaning on voting that way, <clears throat> there was a quick. They had three first-party games out in the span of about a month and a half or so. It went, well, about two months. It went Ori and the Blind Forest and Scream Ride. I may be, may be the other way around, but whatever. Ori, Scream Ride, and State of Decay Year One Survival Edition, which is new to Xbox One, old you know compilation of, of stuff that had already been out. So I'm curious what you guys think. Shark, I'm going to go your way first. Uh, I'm going to have to say Batman. I know it's not an exclusive, but that's the only that's game okay. that's, it's that's game the on only, Xbox. Yeah, it's the only game that's really stood out to me. Hey, so it far. runs uh, arguably best on Xbox, where yeah, it doesn't run at all on PC. I would say so. It's gorgeous. Um, that game is, I would call it, like the pinnacle of Rocksteady's design in that universe. Like, I really liked Asylum because it was super focused, but this kind of like represents the most elevated. Uh, sort of conception of what that gameplay can be like in an open world with all these things to do and say about who Batman is and the story and how it plays and all that stuff is amazing to me and like everyone like unlike everyone else I actually thought the tank combat was fun and artistically that game has such a Destin shake. All right, well, all right. Well, I'm gonna go to Destin first. No now, tank for Destin. Oh, I just don't like the tank combat. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my head for the, the thing, tank combat. The interesting thing is like yeah. I think the tank combat is Separate from Batman, totally great. Like I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it works. Yeah. I think the weapons are fun. I think the upgrades are great. I think I don't ever want to do it in a Batman game. Yeah. Mm. So it's this weird thing where I'm like, I mean, I enjoy this, but I hate that it's in this game. Near the end of the main story, too, man, they just throw it at you time and time where again. You literally you have, have to fight to sixty tanks. You have, yeah. yes, and it's like this isn't fun. Yeah, this isn't. Well but designed. so much of that game is. I mean, to, to yeah. finish this point, like a lot of people 
maintain that Asylum is the best, and I think there's certainly a case to be made for that. I think I might agree, but I'm still undecided because Arkham City evolved that formula in such an interesting way, upscaled it in a major way, and then obviously Arkham Knight is doing it even better. I like if, City if a that's lot. the kind of if that's the thing you're into, it is doing it better. It's bigger, it's grander, there's more to do, it's more dense, there's a lot more to yeah. see and take in. And I mean, I, I've said this before on the show, but I'm the type of guy who, if you drop me into a world and tell me, like, you can do anything, my instinct is to do nothing. To play, <laughs> is to play another like, game. Yeah, yeah, I need something very <laughs> directed and linear in terms of the storytelling. And Paralyzed speaks, by choice. Yeah, exactly. It speaks volumes to the game that you can drop me into a world like that, and I feel compelled to continue to do things, and I've done a lot yeah. of it in Batman Arkham. It does a really good job of stringing you along. Like, oh, Batman, there's a problem here that's related directly to what you just did. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like the mission's over, even though it is. You're like, I need to keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's only been a few games that have done that. Like, even Skyrim, I only played a about 25 or 30 hours in uh, I only put 25 or 30 hours into that game uh, I put a ton of time into Morrowind and Oblivion but like in Fallout 3 and those other as far as open world games go that's about it those are the only ones where I'm like compelled to continue playing and put a lot of time into it and so yeah, I'd have to choose I'd have to choose Arkham Knight Batman solid at this point it's the only one that stands out yeah for I mean the years, God, the, me. yeah the t- that game top to bottom might be the most to me, the most technically impressive game of the generation in the yeah. sense of it's a huge open world. It runs great. Yeah. Very solid, very consistent. And it just, it just, the unified art direction of that game, it looks so good. I mean, the detail on Batman, the detail on the city, the lighting, the smoke effects, it that game looks amazing. Absolutely. And it's one of these rare examples where, like, I mean, we're kind of in this era of gaming where everyone is pixel peeping, right? Like everyone's looking about like, oh, well, what, what is like how much details in this image? Like what is the right. resolution? What is the frame rate and stuff? And I've I always been- I love that term so much. What, I want to be a pixel peeping? peeper. Yeah. I mean, that's what it people call it. It sounds super in, creepy. Like, yeah. hey, little pixel, hop into my windowless white van. Let's go for a ride. I've got some candy. I'm yeah. just peeping some it's pixels. A, it's a term that's been longstanding in like the camera community, right? Like, okay. you look at images and you look at all the pixels and stuff. Yeah, of course. But like, or it's a marshmallow peep made entirely But I've always said, like, resolu- you don't remember a game because it was 900p versus 1080p. You remember a game because it had a distinct art style. And right. that's what makes you remember the game. I wish the internet but, would know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, God. you can't fault gamers. They're going to do what they want to do. Yeah. But at the same time, Arkham Knight is not one of those things. It's one that is, like you said, technically beautiful. It has a great resolution, high detail, great highlights and effects. But the art style is also good, so it has yes. best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, every time you approach an island, you know exactly which island you're going to based on yeah. the visual representation of it. Like, Bleak Island has a very different aesthetic than the other islands. So when you jump off a building and you start gliding toward, uh, God, I forgot the name. Miyagani? Miyagani, yeah. Or, uh, Riker, right? Is the other one? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think, uh, I think you're both right. But, like, I love gliding toward the industrial part of the city where, like, all the buildings are under construction and it's, like, blues and yellows and it's mm-hmm. not... Like the reds of the drones aren't really present. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Just to look at something, and go like I know exactly where that is. I have a great understanding of sense of space. Mm-hmm. Well, Mitch Dyer, let's let's keep it rolling. What what would be your pick for Xbox? Your your personal Xbox yeah. team of the year so far. Um, this is a bit of a cheat because I haven't actually finished it. But Ori in the Blind Forest is the the standout game on Xbox One for me. Are you year. not man enough to finish it? I'm really not. I'm stuck, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I need to. Go back. I think I need to consult a guide. I need to go back and see where I am. It's been so long since I played it, but yeah. every time I skim through it, I'm like, look on my dashboard to like go to Netflix. I'm like, ah, I really just. I where are? How close Ori. are you? Where are you? Um, gosh, you don't remember at this no, point. No, no. I'm. We'll talk the, later. There's like a, some fire stuff. This is a fire temple or something. Spoilers. 
No, I know uh, where he is. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm like three quarters of the way. I think I have you're, like you're, two things yeah, to do. You're definitely close. Yeah. So uh, everything that's led up to that moment, though, has been borderline perfection in terms of level design, platforming, uh, ability scaling, character progression. It has such a smart understanding of what makes a Metroid game great or a Castlevania game great, while also doing a lot of interesting new stuff with itself because it has this interesting fantasy world so Ori can do interesting stuff that these other characters from these other games can't. And it just makes for really exciting platforming combat that's married in a really cool way. Yeah, I, I think my answer is actually both of what you guys said. I, I think I would it's a tie for me right now between Batman and Ori and the Blind Forest because they're both incredible games that I just soaked myself in for days. Yeah. Uh, in Batman's case, everything I said about the art and yeah, like I for me, what I love about Batman is that the all the side quests, the side activities, they you kind of hinted at this, Mitch. They feel fairly organic, and they yeah. feel like they have a purpose and they have meaning. Whereas, in a lot of games now that have sort of procedural open world things, where there's always something to do, whether it's even Skyrim did it, or even GTA and uh, Assassin's Creed's probably the most guilty of this, where they're the the random side quests they just you can tell they fe- they don't feel very designed. They don't yeah. feel it's very much like oh, there is a side like, quest. Oh, there's something yeah, to do. Or like Go it ahead. feels like it's interrupting. Like that yeah. was one of the things that I actually had a problem with in Arkham City, which is why I think Arkham Asylum is better. Is like you're working on this quest and it's supposed to be like it's highly engrossing. You're doing the main storyline or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like you're flying by and you hear a phone ring, and you know that that ringing means like. I forget the villain's name, but he's about to kidnap someone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, now I have to, it's calling me to go over there and I have to do it because I'm a kind of a completionist type guy. And like, what about the music in in Arkham Knight? Yeah, it it makes sense in the fiction, right? Like, you hear the opera music or you hear the man bat screaming or you see a body pinned up against the wall and you know, like, uh, like I have this thing to do, but there's a crime that I need to stop. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, by and large, it feels more organic. Like, it doesn't feel like it's interrupting as much. See, I love that about Batman and uh, just the. The story was really good. The story the story's is really excellent. Good. It's a great Batman. I, story. I don't know if I quite like the story quite as much as Arkham City because that that payoff at the end of City was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think they keep that rolling in a really smart way. I think so. But I think my only real problem with Arkham Knight is the Arkham Knight. I think he's a boring Ugh. villain. Well, I the, think there's the, the, the thing about the now. thing I think about uh, that I don't like about Arkham Knight's story. I do like it overall, but. It borrows very liberally from a lot of other famous Batman stories yep. mm-hmm. from multiple yep. sources. Hey, how do you guys feel about Frank Miller and uh, Alan Moore? Here's all of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just top to bottom, boy, Batman, so good. The only thing I that bummed me out was to get the full ultimate ending. You have to do everything, including all the rid- like 240 Riddler trophies Watch it on like, YouTube. I, yeah, nope. I found a I, sick yeah. hack. It's you go yeah. to YouTube. I finished <laughs> the game. Don't do that garbage. No way. Xbox, Xbox now. YouTube, all of that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Finished the game and went yeah. to YouTube, yeah. just like you guys said. But And then, yeah, Ori, same thing. Like, top to bottom, love that game. There are a few parts that are really hard, like just huge yeah. difficulty spikes. But they're not discouraging. It's just like, ah, what do I do? Like, it motivates you to Yeah, they're just hard. They're just really, really difficult. Did you guys also have a little bit of a problem with the controls? Like, at first. At first. Batman. Ori. Oh. Oh, in Batman? Yeah. So, like, I think by the end of it, I did. Yeah, like, by the end of it, it was, 
it felt where I just have five thousand things I can do and I that's, don't remember any of them. Yeah, that's the problem. L T B R T Y. Like, what do I do again? With any of Asylum this? was focused, and then there was a natural evolution to where you have way more gadgets, so you yeah. can do a lot more things. And the and like how many buttons you're pressing in order to get those things to execute. Oh like, yeah, how I can, fast uh, you can get bat pretty... claw the gun yeah. out of this guy's hand or. Zap him with the disruptor. Yeah, I'm uh, to the point now though. Like after playing that game for however long I played it, I was playing the Batgirl DLC this week, and every encounter was uh, there were a couple that were really hard, but I just like blazed through the other ones because I was just like I just knew what I was doing because I played it for so long and I yeah. knew how to like use the claw to pull someone toward me and then throw a batarang at somebody else to disable them and like by the end of Arkham City or Arkham Knight god I almost said Asylum <laughs> by the end of Arkham Knight you can do so many things like you're gliding toward guys and you can do like nine different things while you glide to them like throw yeah. a batarang shoot an explosive shoot some electricity <laughs> grapple to somebody tackle one to the ground and then it's like everyone's Disarm a guy dead. behind you with your yeah, it's, yeah like it's you're you're so capable by the end but unless you have a vivid understanding of those controls they're gonna have a really hard time that's what I meant is like it, it's a natural evolution of the mechanics of the combat but at times it can get a little clunky just because just by virtue of that's how much there is, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's not a I, that I don't know how you fix. But yeah, Ori, uh, the art direction again there is stellar. I mean, yeah, that game is sure. beautiful to yeah. look at. Again, music uh, is game, phenomenal. Music, the story, more impressive because of its art style and not because of its yeah. how how many P's it has. And, Without and, a yeah. single word, the story is great. Yeah, and Ori, yeah. the yeah, the, the Metroidvania kind of platform gameplay is phenomenal. So yeah, those are the two that super jump out at me through the first half of the year. And I mean, there's a lot coming in the second half of the year. I'll be curious if if anything yeah, I, can dip, can uh, de dethrone them. There My we inclination go. is hopefully that all Halo of our Five changes will That'd pick at the end of the year. Yeah, Destin? all of our picks will change. Uh, uh, I feel like points. I have to. Be a representative for The Witcher 3. Do it. Like, Witcher Absolutely. 3 is ob- objectively one of the best games of the year so far. I think it beats out Batman. Oh, I, I completely ba- agree Batman that Batman is best. fresh in all of our minds. But, yeah. I mean, if you look back a month before that game came out, Witcher 3 is what everybody's playing. And Absolutely. Hundreds of hours into that game. They got the free DLC. They just they executed everything so well with that property. Like there's the Gwent system, there's the side quest, yep. there's the main storyline. It's just a fantastic RPG. Absolutely, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, my personal choices are smaller games. Like I really like Borderlands Episode Two, but Witcher Tales 3, from need, the Borderlands. Yeah. yeah, Tales from the Borderlands. But like Witcher Three definitely needs a voice on the show. So. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean that game is phenomenal. It's one that I wish I had more time for, but I'm in the same boat. Everything I've played from yeah, it, I'm I even started just, like yet. so just on board with it. Sitting on my desk. Yeah, yeah, that's torturous. Well, I good stuff. It's you know I can't go into a game knowing, especially in con season, when I know it's going to take a hundred hours for me to finish. Yep. Well, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I mean I, I t- I've talked about this on the show before, where it's I don't have the luxury of time. The way I did when you know I was yeah. in high school or college, and that's not, I'm not complaining. You know, there's other things going well, on in life, but <laughs> I yeah. would love to be. Able but to do yeah, that. I mean, that's it is true. Like the the sheer before you even start that game, it's intimidating. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've I played the first I think hour, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of haven't had a chance to go back to it. I've been busy. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's fun when you have 14 side quests to do in this first town. That's about any RPG. I started replaying Suikoden 2 on Vita because it came to the PlayStation Store. And I'm like, this is great. It's my one of my favorite games of all time. I'm really enjoying it. And I put it down for like two days, and I'm like, I, literally, what am I doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do I do? Where yeah. do I go? All right, send us your picks, Xbox Game of the Year so far picks. Uh, you know, Just leave a comment on IGN over on the, the show page there. Or, of course, you can email us at, uh, what is it, Mitch? Unlocked at IGN.com. That's it. I like to think you do that every time to keep me on my toes. 
Because I spent so many months getting it wrong. <laughs> just make sure. That's what a good host does. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with this week's Xbox News. IGN's number one Xbox podcast, the podcast on Lock presents the News Unlocked! All right, let's talk a little news. We'll start at the top with um, not a big news story, but one I think is interesting because it's just sort of a little human drama, and I always think that's yeah. fun. Everyone loves drama. <laughs> sure do. Hideo Kojima's name has been removed from the front of the Metal Gear Solid V box art. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, so wait, wasn't it... It was always on there, and then they removed it. And then they put and it back. And then they back. put it back on when there was fan outcry, and sure. now it's removed again. Now it's removed again. Yeah. Uh, this is official? Like, what, is there a statement with this? Not really. Like, the closest we can come to figuring out what's going on is that the voice actor for Snake in Japan, Atsuo Atsuka, Akio Atsuka, I can't remember yeah. his first name, um, he... I, I don't like he tweeted on like last week, last Wednesday or something, last Friday, and I don't know if this oh, is confirmation. Been but it's like, yeah, yeah Kojima Productions is disbanded. And I'm like, whoa, wow. <laughs> that's a crazy thing for him to just like, drop on a Friday afternoon. Went in to go hang out, and the yeah, <laughs> my boys are gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, this kind of lends credence to the suspicion that come September when Metal Gear launches, the studio won't exist in the capacity we know it, if at all. Especially, like, I would assume Kojima's leaving. This lends credence to that. Konami's acting like a jilted ex. Like, they shut down. Yes. (laughs) Shut down PT. That's gone. Silent Hills is dead. They're just, like, erasing any part of Kojima from their lives. They're like a... They have the box like, of like geez. their memories just burning it on the yeah. television. <laughs> taking, taking all of Kojima's clothes, dumping yeah. them yeah. off the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. No! <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it just seems petty and classless to me. I mean, it's such a, it's such a little thing. That, yeah, you're on the well, outs. have you read about their CEO? <laughs> well, you're, okay, you're on the outs with Kojima. That's fine. Things go bad in business sometimes. And, yes, the game is a team effort. But it's certainly his vision. It's his, you know, he's the director. It's also their tradition. His name right. has been on every game. So it's just weird that it's not but now. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and yes, future, They maybe they'll make future Metal Gear games. I don't, by the For way. For your I, phone. I don't think they oh, will ever make another console. They're releasing the 60s collection or whatever, or the 80s collection of the original games. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed that. It's like all but, neon. You can find it online. It's cool. just like. Give the guy, give Kojima his due. Put his name on the box. Yeah. Take the high road. Yeah. There's a way to handle a separation, and they're doing everything wrong. He's still, you know, he still made the game. His name belongs on the the packaging. Agreed. I I just find this silly. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, we really don't know what happened between Kojima and Konami to make all of this happen. Like, he might have done something. He might have been rebellious internally at Konami. He might have been the worst to work with. You never never know. But we don't know. And what Konami is doing is making it seem like they are the villain. Like, they are doing everything in their power to make Kojima seem like the good guy here. Because Kojima is just doing his thing. He's making the game. He's tweeting about making trailers. He's tweeting about how hard his team is working. He's tweeting his lunch. (laughs) And Konami is doing all of this stuff to make him look good. This is a company that once decided it was a good idea to reboot Bomberman in the form of oh, Bomberman boy. Act Zero, oh, boy. a game with the, possibly the worst art direction I've ever seen, <laughs> and also a game with, uh, it was only two-player, not eight, and it also had like 99 stages, and there were no saves or checkpoints. Like, if you died, you had to start all over. Isn't there an achievement in that Brilliant game that literally idea. nobody ever unlocked? Probably. Something like I reviewed that, that game. I think I gave it a three-something. Oh, and it was, it was, it was, a, it was no. a, appalling. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just a shame that there's clearly something going on over there. Remember, there was not even just not even just on the Kojima side, but there was also that bit of news where like Konami's stock plummeted unrelated to Kojima's uh, departure or the closing or whatever, yep. the supposed shuttering of the mm-hmm. studio, like 30 or 40% in one day. Jeez. Like I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff going on, if not even were, just on the game side at Ko- uh, Konami that's just like we're unaware of because we're so games focused. If you read their Q1 financials, it's basically like we're investing in casinos. This legislature is going to get yeah, passed. So this right. is something yeah, that you know. Caleb has brought up a lot of the times, but people don't know this in America, but a huge amount of Konami's business is not in. Yeah, games. they're very divested. Yeah, oh yeah, like, it's yeah. in like slot machines, uh, pachinko, gym, yeah, yeah. fitness. Yeah, like they clothing. Own so yep. many in Konami or in Japan, people think of Konami as like a fitness company and not necessarily a games company. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's strange, even right? like an analog here of a company that is so diverse in what it does. Yeah, tried like, to do it. Like LG, in America, maybe? that makes you like a front for a. Actually, you know what's my Westinghouse, right? Well, like they used to make. Home up like up. They were known for appliance, yeah. like home appliances. Right, like now they're in GE. They're, is the they're other in electronics. Of, yeah, yeah, GE. Uh, that's a good one. They make fridges and televisions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Radios. And a cars. wide portfolio of products. There is yeah. a great book to be written someday about all this Kojima Konami <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, I'm not You're the like person to write it. A failure. <laughs> no, it's already a, it's already a great book. No matter yeah. what, no matter that's how true, it sort true. of turns out. I mean, I wonder how <laughs> what the Watch Kojima when the game comes out. Be like, everybody should just pirate the game and say, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. That's happened before, by the yeah. way. And, uh, uh, he's a classy dude, though. Like yeah, He's he been is. very yeah. good about this whole thing. He, Konami like, is not. He never comments on it. That's the thing is like, I don't know. They're making him look good, which... Who left who? That's what they want to do if they want them to, you know, when they want to celebrate the product. But they're clever, like clearly trying to shame him. I can't him. imagine Konami would have... I think Konami ousted him. I can't imagine. They said Kojima. there were problems between the C- there was rumors that there were problems yeah. between the CEO and Kojima, which, so, probably, which is probably like a power struggle thing, right? Yeah. Like well, the Konami CEO wants X. Kojima says, "I'm Hideo Kojima. I'm going to do Y. I don't care what you well, say." Thing, we and don't. Eventually, it came to a head. We yeah. don't know, but to be fair to Konami, it is. If you look at the history of Metal Gear, we've kind of covered this before on the show Financials when all this first broke. But uh, the Metal Gear games cost an extraordinary amount of money to make like and they they give kojima carte blanche they mm-hmm. let him like oh you need 20 more million dollars sure whatever and maybe it got to a point where he said i need 95 million dollars to make metal gear solid 5 and i'm kojima son and you're gonna give it to me and they went come on no that's that's ridiculous we can't do that and you never know like yeah you never know where it started yeah but i'm curious what you guys think of Kojima is leaving. Kojima Productions appears to be disbanding. Do you think there will be AAA console Metal Gears made under the Konami banner in any way, shape, or form ever again? Hundred percent. Yes. yes. They're, they're going to outsource it. But yeah, to like who? They did with who Reven- makes Reven- the same team that did Metal Gear Rising so they're, Revengeance? Platinum. They're, yeah. Uh, why not? I don't think pl- I don't think it sold very well. Yeah. Well, it has Metal Gear on the I title, I mean, they, they very clearly, they are starting a new team, probably without anybody from Koji Pro. They're starting probably a new team yes, to, make a, yeah, <laughs> to make a new Metal Gear for consoles. That is, that, that is the plan. And whether that's in two or three years, or they want to annualize it, or it's in ten years, like, I think it will happen. Eventually, we will get another one. Oh, we'll get another one in four years. But his question was specific. Sooner. It's a cash is cow. There a tr- will there be a triple-A 
yeah, yeah. version. I'm yes. sure that they'll because it I, is a cash cow, dude. There's no way they're abandoning the name Metal Gear. Oh yeah, I, no chance. While I agree with you, I don't know yeah. that it'll be a triple A thing. Like I think that yeah, you'll see more Metal Gears, but I think the problem with Metal Gear as it existed was that it cost so much. Like mm-hmm. there's this trend Good in point. the film industry where studios are way more. Uh, it's actually easier to get a seventy million dollar movie made that has the potential of grossing three hundred million as opposed to a $2 million that may get $20 million, right? Because studio execs see that big investment as a chance for a big payoff. Mm-hmm. And I think you have the same trends going on in games, but the problem with Metal Gear was that you were betting big and not quite getting everything back, right? Like, it didn't sell all that well in terms That's... of, like, how many la- Metal Gear 4? Oh, uh, we had gone it? over the, yeah, it was yeah. something like, uh, I think Metal... It was like four or five It was five like four or five, you know, a ni- nice sales, but considering what went into yeah, it. Yeah, considering how much it cost and how long it well, took. Well, return yeah. on investment. Yeah, it was, like, it was it's almost not like actually a, that big of a return. Let's see yeah. how the Phantom Pain does, because this is well, one of the biggest games yeah. on next-gen consoles, potential for Game of the Year. I agree with Sean. I no. think, Sean, you're right on the nose with this. I, I don't think there will be another triple a you know mega budget there'll be sort of little smaller titles maybe re-releases of various sorts episodics or something yeah or like i don't think it'll be a mobile game i don't think konami's gonna spend 50 million dollars to make a premium metal gear title again i i don't see that unless phantom pain blows up that's my thing is like i don't don't know about that if the plan was to make Metal Gears in the future with a triple A sort of budget and a tri- and like a great forward thinking mentality. You already had the guy to do that, and you fired him. So why would you? That can't be. But part here's of the, the strategy. Thing. They could do it without ninety percent of people buying these games don't know who that is, and the people who are buying Metal Gear at stores. <sighs> I don't know. And like five million people buying this game. If let's say let's say Phantom Pain is incredibly popular, like five ten million sales, massive success. Okay, mm-hmm. that is a game that. By and large, the consumer base probably doesn't know who Kojima is, especially because his name's not on the box. The next time, <laughs> when they see Metal Gear Solid 6 coming 2018, they're on board. The people who know Kojima are the people who are going to say, well, this is heresy, I need to see here's what it's my, like. But here's my counter yeah. to that, Mitch. And they'll buy too. Uh, and this goes back to, we fir- we talked about this when this first the story first broke, is that... Sure, nobody may know who Kojima is, but nobody knows what the hell is going on in Metal Gear. That <laughs> yeah, that, that series has become so insular. Yeah, that and I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sure, but but just the it's for a very fa- specific kind of person. It's, it's for I would me, say someone yeah, who like it's it's a very hard game to jump into. Yeah. Now it's not to say that you know maybe Metal Gear Five is going to do. Well, I don't know because I played the first like two hours of that game down at Konami yep. before E3. And I'm not a Metal Gear guy. Yeah. And yeah, I enjoyed the game, but I had no idea what's going on. So I'm on. one I'm of the one... Rare, rare people who thinks that series, like, because I'm so into it, I'm like, it's totally lucid. Y'all are crazy. Like, I understand what's going on in those games. I know mm-hmm. that story. I know those characters. I know it's weird fiction. Going into Phantom Pain, I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I'm going into a Metal Gear game for the first time in 10 years, not having any idea what's happening. I think they're going to take you through it. Like, they'll hold your hand I hope and bring so. you through the story. Like, they do in every one. Like, Peace Walker was weird. But they don't. In, not, but this from what I played in 5, like, they, they is, do not hold your hand this or is tell you what's going on for the new one, Phantom for 5, for oh, Phantom okay. Pain. Well, but I haven't played it. So. Yeah, I, I think if... if Another premium AAA Metal Gear gets made, it's going to be a reboot. And they've got to just start over. And not only for the sort of politically with the Kojima thing, but just to 
blank slate on the story. Yeah. Just to yeah. have, you know, start over because we've mm-hmm. gone so far down this weird rabbit big hole. boss, sna- solid snake rabbit hole that no one has any idea what's going on. But yeah, we'll see what happens. My uh, favorite character in Metal Gear is Frank Yeager. It was really sad. Damn! When he, that was really when good. When he left. Speaking of Jaeger. Speaking of Jaeger, <laughs> Jaeger has, has been removed as the developer of Dead Island 2. That was my favorite Destin segue <laughs> of all time. That was incredible. Mark it down. Wow. It's going in the highlight reel. Frank yeah. Jaeger was Gray Fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, see. I can <laughs> see. Give him the trophy Give him now. the trophy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jaeger out as the developer of Dead Island 2. This is an interesting. This is an interesting move. This is a game we haven't heard about a lot in a while. It skipped E3. Now we know why. Uh, we Everyone saw it, loved that trailer except for me. It seems like we saw it mm-hmm. at Games. Yeah, the the big California CG trailer. That was, that, was that E3 this. or Gamescom? That was E3. I think E3. We played this like a year ago. Yep. At Gamescom, you was guys it yeah, about it, right? Yeah, last E3 though, but the year before that one, we first saw yes. the trailer. Yeah, like, with the dude, dude running, running in, on the beach, yeah, he's in Santa yeah. Monica. Yeah, it was kind of fun. It was like a work in progress, but yeah, the yeah. last coverage we had was uh, we did Gamescom, a right. Well, so. no, we had uh, in January for okay. IGN first this year. That's right. We did the hot games of 2015. Ooh, Dead yeah. Island Two was one of them. We got some new screens and an interview with. Uh, one of the creative directors at Jaeger, so that's on the site. But yeah, Jaeger, you can—it's now null and void because Jaeger's out the door. This is not the first time this has ever happened. How does that? Uh, it's not the first time it's happened at Deep Silver in the last 365 days. <laughs> <laughs> they fired a team and then built their own to make Homefront the revolution. That's true. That is true. Wow. Although that was partially—that was more driven because of Crytek's BS. Sure. That was. But it has happened. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, Phantom Dust. The developer got removed from that as yep. well. Oh, wow. on, on the Xbox side. Is there I, any reason that'll never come out? What, so <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. Was there reason for this? Is there any speculation as to we don't know. This the was? statement was simply, "We've removed Jaeger. We've parted ways with Jaeger. We will continue uh, with the yeah, game." We played it a year ago, Jaeger's, and it's still not out. So that's probably something that Jaeger's CEO issued a comment to GamesIndustry.biz, and it was it was a general one. It wasn't too specific, but it was basically like we had creative differences. Like with well, they, they, obviously, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. you have to get this game out. It's been too long. Now, Mitch, yeah. I mean, we're gonna wait. All right, these, you're off it. Jaeger is not a studio that's done nothing. They made a game that you're very fond of. Yeah, it's Spec Ops: The Line, and they're doing Dreadnought right now, which is really interesting. I think they're oh, also announcing cool. a new game at Gamescom. Hmm. Huh. So with Deep Silver. <laughs> so here's, here's the question. That would be funny. <laughs> Amazing. Who do you guys think? would be good to take over on development. Remember, it's got to be somebody that's an independent studio that's not owned. uh, or Well, it it would either have to be a Deep Silver studio or an independent studio. Is there anybody that comes to mind that you guys think uh, would be a good fit for a (laughs) game like this? I have to imagine. I was joking, but yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad guess. I have to imagine Deep Silver will put the Homefront team on this to finish it. There's no way that this far into this game's development, they stop, they throw the code out, and they start over. This is a game that is like so far in I feel like you just finish it. But if there were creative differences, do you think that whatever is there is finishable or does it need to be reworked? I mean, they could even just use the assets and the animations, right? That's like, There's a lot of resources there for them to pull from. It right. might just be like, well, you know, you they have this were. big bloated world that didn't work, so we're going to shrink it. We're going to change up different things. But there's a lot that's there that another team could They were use. really far along last year. Yeah. Like, also depends to on have the a playable build that big 
and already running that smooth. So, like it was a little janky, but remember that yeah. this is an open world zombie game, zombie survival game. Mm-hmm. The one that the thought that occurred to me, Destin, you kind of started to go down this road. Uh, I wonder if Volition, which Deep Silver owns, yep. makers of Saints Row, do Ooh. they have more than one team? Because you'd have to assume that they're pr- working on Saints Row 5 right now for, yeah. for the new consoles. That's, I think, a pretty safe assumption. But remember, they used to have multiple teams before when they were under THQ, when it was the Red Faction team and the Saints Row team. So I wonder if there's a, there's a second team at, at Volition that could stop what they're doing. And you know they have the sort of open world experience and expertise to... And they're already in the family, you know, in the Deep Silver family to come in and finish this game. Hmm. Hmm. Not hmm. a bad thought. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. So that's my contribution. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Wise Shark. insight. From- Shark Finnegan, everybody. Shark. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is such a weird thing. It's so late in the game to cancel a game like this and start over. What Very if they true. Just, do you think they'll just kill it? No. I think well, too much money. That's so much it, money right? in the drain, yeah. But. Hold on. Haven't they done that before too? No, I think I think you're you could you'd be more right than you think in that it would cost there's no way they could possibly break even and make money on the game if they scrapped and started yeah. over with someone. At this point, it's either find someone to pick up the pieces, like you said, Mitch, using the assets yep. uh, or that, that are there. Wallet. Or yeah, just be like, Well, there's this is over and, that and that's it. They haven't it's spent be too much on marketing yet. You know, they went to a bunch of shows no, for like but a year. There's a lot of development costs yeah. put, it, put in that game. A couple I mean, million. I'm or, pretty sure their <laughs> statement said yeah. they were going to keep making it. They, they, that's what they said. But okay. all, Phil Spencer oh, yeah. also said that Phantom Dust would continue, and I respectfully don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't think that game's ever coming out. Yeah, what, like, a game like Phantom Dust, like, that's going to sell how many copies? 100,000? Like, it's going to be... Whoa, that would be a disaster. It's going to yeah. be bad. It's... I don't know who that's marketed to, you know. So well, I don't think it's going to sell well. We never saw enough of the game to. Yeah, to we know saw a CGI answer. trailer that didn't do a lot for anybody, but except Vince, <laughs> who played the original. If our office, if our office's reaction is just like, eh, and one person <laughs> knows about it, that's scary, you know. All right. Well, let's move along here to uh, Gears of War. Happier news. I like that game. I also know you do. A scary game. No, not really. The first one. I found it tense. Dude, it was super spooky. There were tense moments later, yeah, I guess. I'll give you that. Had some horror elements. Not scary. There's one scare part. Mitch, this news must please you. Yeah, uh, I already own an Xbox One, but if you don't, for 350 bucks, you can get an Xbox One 500 gigabyte console with Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which also includes the Gears of War 4 beta invite. And that's when the game comes out in late August, by the way. It's not now. Sure. (laughs) The game's not done yet. But yeah, hey, sorry, go ahead. Do you guys play the beta, the Gears of War beta? I did not have time. We played it at the event. Yep. Right? Yep. And then I played some, uh, I visited some friends in LA and we played. They changed some things. Like they changed the sound effects of the Hammer of Dawn and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, what is that? Not nuke. And it's like, (laughs) and like you can't even see where it's coming from. So you can't get out of the way. Yeah. They rebuilt a lot of stuff. The lighting in most maps is completely different. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like it as much when really? I I liked it at the event a lot. Like sure. some of the indoor maps were great, but then uh, the outdoor maps I just I did, really didn't like how it felt. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it is a beta, so. Yeah, I hope they make. They have some changes to make. It's also out in like thirty days. 
Yeah. Pretty much. But I mean, it's still a beta, right? Yeah. We'll yeah. see. It'll beta be, beta a is a game loose only. term. Yeah. Beta this far along. But yeah, I mean, this is a smart move of, you know, you've got, uh, this is the second biggest game in the Microsoft portfolio. Give it away to new console customers uh, to get them primed up and ready and excited about your new entry in it, Gears of War 4, that's their, your big holiday game for next Christmas. Is this a one terabyte? 500. And it's just the regular black box, yeah. not like... Yep. It is the existing, it's the default machine with a code for Gears. I can't remember where I saw this, but they had a bunch of, like, individually themed consoles, and one of them was Gears of War. I think it was this at oh, it's, Comic-Con? It's Comic-Con. Comic-Con. But they do this yeah. every year at Comic-Con. They do one-offs. Right. And they have... Like, last year they had, a, a like, ten... I think it was Master Chief Collection, right? You know, custom, custom made ones that they gave away. Man, I wish they would do that more often because the Gears. Of, I don't even play Gears of War, but that console box looks really cool. Well, I would bet money that uh, for Gears Four, there'll be a special edition console next holiday. Yeah. and we already know Josh Holmes already tweeted or uh, leaked Halo on Twitter one, yeah. that there's a Halo Five one <laughs> that will probably be announced in September or early October. Mitch, I have to. I ask. had to guess. I'm gonna have to get yeah, that. I'm gonna have to get that. I have to ask you a question, Mitch. You're a big Gears of War fan. Love Gears of War. Uh, are you? Is Ford doing anything for you at all? Yeah. 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 I like. I'm, I'm like over the franchise. I uh, I totally Ford. understand where people are coming from. Is that what you said? Four. Four. Doing anything Ford. For you. As, a, as a big Gears of War fan, I'm a bit. I endorse the Ford Taurus. I think it's a <laughs> remarkable vehicle. Yeah. Built like a tank. Gears of Ford, endorsed by me, Marcus Phoenix. So, what <laughs> Come on what and drive. <laughs> do you think Ford's like a reboot for them? <laughs> like, I really don't know. It's like. Those are new characters. They have like cog Marcus armor. They have a new up. symbol. Like the, the, it's not the cog symbol because yeah. the cog is gone by the end of Gears of War Three. Yeah, uh, I mean, spoilers. So now it's like a phoenix. Like the symbol is of a phoenix, which is cool. Three was a lot of fun. I remember playing. Three a lot. is amazing. I cannot remember what happens in that story. Yeah, people. Die. You don't remember the end of Gears Three? No. Uh, all right. It's all like meathead stuff. Like there's a really tough time having an emotional connection with those characters. There's moments. I uh, three was extra. Was like when he s- runs the football touchdown. Oh, I'm so sad. He's running his last football. Is, touchdown. is the sta- is the statute of limitations up on Gears? Yeah. Three? Uh, yeah. Good morning. Gears are worth when Dom dies, it's like that's holy a good sh- moment. That's that was, not the ending of the game. No, though. but the that's end true. was really good too. What's the ending? Where they he- rescue his father. Yeah. They find his dad, who he thought was dead. Yeah, working on the Azure like, base. Three was Why do I know incredibly well done. Yeah, I forgot all that, and I did and, the guide. And on. I had like to play cool. through it. Is when Dom times. dies, the part where he drives the truck yeah. into the. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've seen the cinema. I remember that part. I remember the dumb football part, and it's it, it was just hard <laughs> for me to Destin. like have a connection I, with dumb people. football I, I'm part. I'm over the Gears franchise. There so was some really good stuff. Gears, like you go to that city and all the bodies Gears 3 are is a in phenomenal like, game. Ash. They yes. nailed like, solidified. They Ash. nailed the gameplay in three. Like three is yeah. the best Gears. I game. will say uh, yeah. to your point, in the, my opinion, to your point, Destin, about is Gears Four doing anything for you? My the more I think about this, like I know this is unfair because we've seen four minutes of Gears of War sure. Four, but it is also the first four minutes that they decided to show us. So it is fair game to have a first impression. I. I am flabbergasted that they're they're not that Marcus Phoenix is not the main character in this game. I mean, it's all, that we know of. It's almost like three four three taking over Halo and being like, we're gonna go with Here's the, Agent we're gonna Locke. go with we're gonna go with Agent Locke as our character full time. Like it's oh, Phoenix, yeah. Marcus Phoenix is a great character who has depth and texture and. A story that we've invested and in. He's experienced a ton of and, loss now and he's, yeah, that he's, we experienced. Uh, you know, well acted and like the the first impression from these two new people 
I mean, we don't get much from them yet. No, it's because we don't know the world yet. No. Right? Like, we don't know what state Sarah is in. We don't know when this takes place. I, I just think it's 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 ballsy, but I, I'm i not sure if it's in a good way that to, to leave Marcus behind no, in dude, the new games. no way. He's Marcus there. They're opening these but two as the primary and they're going to Marcus or something. They're going to meet up with him. If, he, if it turns out you play the first third of the game as these guys, and yeah. then I take over as Marcus, okay. That'd be great. But I just think, it's, yeah. it's like it, Marcus is a guy who, you know, he's a great character, and I don't understand not having him in the game. I seriously him. think what we saw at E3 was like tutorial level, and then Marcus shows up and saves them. I would, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna it, take over now. Yeah. Whatever that organization is, right, like the symbol they've got with the phoenix on yeah. it, like somebody's in charge of that. That could be Marcus. Like he could be in charge of whatever that is. Yeah. Whether they're God, what were, like the drifter people in the cities. Oh right. Yeah. The, you'd the, remember better than me. Yeah. I don't know. But it, like they could have an independent army to fight off whatever they're hunting. Right. Like JD and Kate are on a mission to kill this thing. Right. And then they find a bunch more. So there is a threat of some kind, and they are out there specifically to find well, and kill it. So I would imagine they're like Baird's a freelance dead, right? hunting group Baird or something. Died also. Nope. No. So it's Marcus and Baird. That's what's left. Uh, they're Cannon. all alive. Cole? Cole? Everybody died. Everyone died. Dom, Dom is the only one that died. Oh, okay. Those are like... I do not remember <laughs> anything from the last year. Cole and Marcus well, Phoenix are like the only characters at, I even remember. At, this at some point, Rod Ferguson will be in here, and we will sit down, and we'll ask him these very questions. How do all you right. leave a Marcus Phoenix behind? Uh, uh, for now. Just, he's just going to be like, we didn't. Traditionally, <laughs> switching back That's a great answer. Yeah, that That's all awesome. I need. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. All right, uh, back to the Halo front, Sean Finnegan. Oh, yes. Uh, moving on, we have the Halo series as a collective whole has hit 65 million sales over its entire lifetime. That's a lot. That is hella. Oh, my oh. God. Sean. I think that does qualify as hella sales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so many copies sold. I... Th- uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. Maybe it was on History of Awesome. Were you on the Super Mario Brothers 3 episode yeah. with me? Was that? Well, and you were too, actually. You moderated on that one. Mario 3? 90, yeah. right? 1990. I hope so, because that's the greatest Super Has Mario game yet? ever. And, oh, yeah, I no. I can't remember I think I hosted yet. that one. You did. You did host that one. And I said one. that it's arguably the single greatest video game of all time. Yeah, but the reason I bring it up is because that's also, because it was, uh, because it is, you know, held up as like one of the most iconic games of all time. Like, I think that's also, we, you brought up the sales numbers, and yes. I don't remember them being anywhere near that. Like, I think oh, you said it was well, like for, 17. But, that's, Mario but this is for the, every, no, every Halo game. It's for game. all games. Yeah, I know. I get yeah. that. But that's still a huge number. Like, I remember the Super Mario Brothers 3 number being like 20 million or something like that. I forget. Yeah. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly. But, yeah, this is definitely hell, hella copies sold. <laughs> now, for those of you from other parts of the country, Sean Finnegan that's a lot of copies. is a Bay Area native, and he's using local terminology right now. Yeah, although <laughs> I think by virtue of the internet now, it's pretty globalized, that term, right? Maybe not, but uh, it is if you play, played Life is Strange. Everyone in that they game say that? says hella a lot. It's so dumb. <laughs> Does that game take place in the Bay here? Area? It takes place yeah. in like Oregon. Well, it's okay. spreading, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, creeping up the West it's Coast. Probably developed by somebody here. But yeah, so, so they're French. I guess this oh, means. Really? Yeah. I guess this means like, despite all of its problems, Halo Master Chief Collection rejuvenated. A lot of interest in yeah, this it's series. Probably sold upwards of five million copies. Mm. You know, yeah. Uh, and now, granted, a lot of those were there's been a there was a bundle yep. earlier this year that heck may still even be out there. I'm not even sure anymore uh, since there's so many bundles. But that's yeah, five mil on 
a new plat, you know, newish platform. Really good, really impressive. Sixty-five million copies. That's so crazy. Think about if you pay sixty dollars per title, and there's sixty-five million of them out there. That that's easily billion-dollar franchises right there. Quite a lot, right? Like more more than a billion-dollar franchise. Oh yeah. Which, in movie terms, that's. It's like going platinum. Avengers. Yeah. Going platinum. Yeah. To use a music <laughs> metaphor. And then another Halo news. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to Hunt the Truth, the Halo oh, yeah. podcast. Can Hunt the Truth be first... my Xbox game of the year? Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so, so good. good. I listened yeah, to the first one. few episodes, and they're awesome. But yeah, there's that got announced and confirmed, right? Yeah, so season two of Hunt the Truth will pick up where the story left off. I won't spoil it for anybody. Incredible because... finale. Oh my goodness! I, I only got through the first three oh, where they man. interviewed the kids. So. You gotta keep yeah. going because like, that dude goes like so far down the rabbit cool. hole. All right, they're so about, it. Yeah, they're about ten it. to twenty <laughs> minutes each. There are thirteen episodes, and so we've got a season two starting in September that's going to take us and then take us right up to the game. So cool. that probably means there are eight episodes, yeah. seven or eight episodes in man, season two. What a two. great idea! Who do well, you it, think produces that podcast? Frank, Frank O'Connor. Really? So dude, I, I guarantee you, Frank heard Serial. And then suddenly just had this like yeah, he was thing like, living why? inside of him that he just had to get why out. Why is this I mean, not do- happening yeah. in the Halo universe? I'm lucky. I know Frank reasonably well because uh, for those of you who don't know, I, Frank and I worked, worked together. together. Yeah. At, before Frank went, went to Bungie, he worked at Official Xbox Magazine with me. He was our executive editor. And yeah, Frank is an unbelievably creative guy, great writer, very smart. And this Hunt the Truth, having now listened to it, to me it has Frank's fingerprints all over it. And I mean that in the absolute of nicest ways. It's so good. Uh, yeah, that's binge listen. It, it, what's cool now is if you haven't listened to it, you catch up. The, the binge listen is the oh, way yeah. to go. That's how I did it. Which is yeah, I that's, I'm download it now. Atta please boy. do. You should. You should absolutely subscribe. Uh, it's you know, it'll take you. You could sit down, do maybe half of it in one night, half of it a second night. It's probably like three hours long total. Something ish. like that. Like Fifteen. To, they're, they're about. I would say on average, fifteen oh. minutes. So God, it's like yeah, it is so good that it's it. It's the sort of thing that every time I finished an episode, I would stop, want to stop and write something, <laughs> just to like yeah. I just I'm so inspired just right now. Just to channel that creativity. Yeah, dude, it's so so smart. And That's so awesome, well done. man. Subscribe. That is one of the best things about the Halo universe. Hey, subscribe like, to Podcast Unlocked too. It's sort of it's, <laughs> it's sort of collective narrative and story and lore is. I put it on. I'd put it on the same level as some of those great sci-fi movie franchises out there. You know, like I was gonna say Star Wars, but I think that might have been overstepping its bounds. But maybe not, right? Like, I think there are a lot of people out there who probably identify more with Halo, like kids these days. You know, than Star Wars. For another six months until Episode Seven True. comes out True. and takes over the world, but. Nevertheless, yeah, if you like, for anybody that saw the final point on this, anybody that saw the two. Halo 5 ads, you know, the the two versions of the same thing ad where it was, you know, Locke walking up on a wounded chief at the base of the broken Master Chief statue, and then the other version of the commercial where the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. Hunt the Truth Season 1 goes into all of that. So it's very much worth listening to. Downloading them all now. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Destin, are you going to? Is anyone at this table going we, to TGS this year? We have Tokyo Games yeah, Video. Video yet. has not decided yet. Yeah, I really want to go. Y'all should come with me. We'll see. I do want to go. I've never done Tokyo Game Show. Oh my yeah. gosh, they might so send you. We have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, Microsoft, you may be there. Microsoft <laughs> will not be there. Rip. They've chosen to skip the Tokyo Game Show. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise to me. I mean, Japan is 
Sorry, I mean it's it's over for Xbox in Japan. It has been for some time. They did try, especially back in the 360 days. You know, they have no, no presence in Japan, and they're doing Gamescom as well, which is in early August. They have a TGS's big presence at Gamescom. Huge presence yeah. at Gamescom. It's just like I mean, Sony is skipping Gamescom, and then they're doing this Paris thing, and then I don't know what they're going to show at TGS right yeah. after the Paris thing. Paris so that's going to be week, right? interesting to see with yep. them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's. I don't think there's anything to read into this. No, I mean, it's this is the thing where it's it is definitely a smart business decision. It makes sense for them not to waste their time. At the same time, it's just frustrating to hear someone like Phil all year say stuff like, "We're really committed to Japanese games and Japanese, you know, product. Like we have a lot of really exciting yeah. Japanese games coming to Xbox One, and then no representation in Japan at all. Like it so, just shows a lack of commitment. Point. I mean, to it's me. it's yeah, but like of they a... can talk about it, but if there's no follow through, it just I don't know. It just looks limp. Rings a little hollow. Tokyo Game Show, just in general, is small. It's a small show. It's like two halls, and that's it. But it's also busy because it's public. Well, it's busy on public days. We go on press days, and it's pretty dead. There's not a lot of people there. There's not a lot of new stuff there. It's so good. It's it's easy for us, but that doesn't bode well for the event. Have you done TGS before? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done it, but I've heard that it is very, like, it's just not, I mean. It's all off screen for us. It probably just doesn't make. Yeah, it doesn't make. I'm sure that from Microsoft's perspective, they are still committed to it because, you know, they push for the console there. Sure. And they put the games out there. Well, like, and it's, it's available, like they're but, not like, making the games, right? Yeah, but they, like. They're relying on devs like Platinum. Exactly. Which. You know, maybe you'll still see platinum there sure. showing off whatever, right? But I feel like, yeah, to expect them or to want them to kind of, you know, have the big booth and like do a big press conference, like it may just not be in their best interest, right? Like the, a good, at, like a good sort of distribution of their time and resources. The all. first year of PSX felt like half of TGS. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like that's how small it. That sounds awesome. Was. I yeah. heard. I heard PSX was pretty crazy and intense though. Maybe just because the venue itself was really small. It wasn't crazy or intense. Oh. It was just like they had a theater area and then they had a gameplay area and there was a lot of old games there and stuff like that. Mm. So it was pretty chill on the actual event floor. Cool. There was a lot of stuff that happened there. Like we had a Beyond show there and there was a lot of panels there and stuff like that. But Why the drop-off? Yeah. Like I heard TG, I mean back when, when I started even at IG just five years ago. like downtrend for years. Yeah, it, it right. used to but be a real big deal. It used to be huge. It used to be, you know, the Asian E3. Well, it's because mm-hmm. like Nintendo doesn't go. Microsoft doesn't go. Yeah, wow. So Sony goes. Bandai Namco has a big presence there. But even then it's like it's anime games that do really well in Japan and yeah. die here. Yeah. So look for Microsoft to have a big blowout at Gamescom, and then don't, don't look for them at, at Tokyo Game Show this year. It might as well just be the Sony show now. Well, TGS. pretty much. Gamescom is, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all Microsoft as far as first party goes. Yeah. So it's Microsoft's to, to you know, it's their stage to, to wow everybody with. Yeah. yeah. And Wargaming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Wargaming has a huge presence at Gamescom. I don't yeah. know if you've been. They have like basically a Gamescom hall. is yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is there's seven like E three sized halls all right mm-hmm. next to each other. One of them is Wargaming. <laughs> all right, couple. Co- I got. I've just realized I have to end the show within twenty minutes. Oh man, let's go. Let's party. <laughs> Move it along, Speedy. Uh, Mitch Jade Raymond, yeah. who is a, a prominent industry figure. She was the original producer on the first Assassin's Creed, helped yep. launch that new IP into a mega franchise yeah. that it is now. And executive producers on all future ones, I believe. Yep. And she 
then uh, went down and founded Ubisoft Toronto, which is a place where now I think thousands of yeah. people work. And beautiful studios. Splinter too, Cell yeah. Blacklist came out of there. Assassin's Creed Unity. Presumably, whatever the next Splinter Cell is. Far Cry Four is. Unity, uh, uh, Shangri-La stuff was built in Toronto. Yeah. So a lot, lot going on there. And then she left and is now landed where, Mitch? EA Motive, which is her new studio. She founded one in the same building as EA Montreal, where Mass Effect Andromeda is happening. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they're working on a new IP. They're working on Amy Hennig's Star Wars game with Visceral. Uh, this is a studio that clearly has big plans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... I wonder what sort of she's also overseeing Visceral. They've put her in charge. I saw of Visceral. that, yeah, which is crazy. Replacing Steve Paputis, who is uh, who left the studio this year. That's Good really job interesting. On the name. What you nailed it, Paputis. It's Paputis. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not an easy one. Yeah, not Steve Papusa. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is good for her. It's good for her and a great pickup yeah. by EA. I oh, mean, yeah. she clearly has vast experience in not only making games but building studio building successful studios been really on point with hiring a lot of really smart really good people yeah i agree completely her and amy hennig working together on a star wars game yep oh boy yeah (laughs) i hope that one of their new ips is a star wars game honestly like i hope they count that as a new ip like they're gonna do this thing in the star wars universe and that's a new series for them i wonder if uh please i wonder if she left Toronto. I have no idea why she left Toronto. I wonder if it's because she wanted to go back to Montreal, and now this was right, an opportunity yeah. to do so. I would imagine that's it. She'd of course come out of EA. Uh, excuse me, you Ubisoft mean. Montreal. But yeah, good for her and good for EA. This this should mean some good games for us in the in the coming years. We so all win. Congratulations to Jade on that. Uh, but on the subject of EA, while where there is good, there must also be. <laughs> Super strange. <laughs> There's a $200 collector's edition for uh, one, of the, one of the games I'm most excited about for 2016, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this statue at all. I don't understand no. this collector's edition at all. The, the I like first it. Mirror's Edge's collector's edition was so good because you got the game and then you got an awesome Timbuktu messenger bag. I have that messenger bag still. It's in my closet. Yeah, it's a nice. really good bag. Yeah. I mean, I don't use it. Do you? Would you? Have? I would. I bought a messenger bag because I didn't have one. one. For this collection, I, I like the statue. Are we? Are we? Are we I not think it's on cool board too. with this. You, you guys I, like this? I like it. You know what I think of when I think of Faith sitting. <laughs> so yeah, she's sitting down. <laughs> yeah, but have you? And seen she's got how? her like hand up against a glass, and on the other side, it's young Faith. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like it's, a reflection. It, it's it's, it's about thing. like the the, the metaphor, the origin of of you know her becoming who the runner, you know who she is in the game, but. Which is all well and good, but the entire point of the game is movement and speed at all times. And you're telling me the $200 collector's edition has a 14-inch statue of it of her sitting down. Not like doing a wall run or some sort of like like kicking a dude with a you know a, an what about all the things of her hanging off the wall there's like, just nothing like the st- statue is her awesome, sitting actually. down I young faith I do like I that a lot like if she's yeah. gonna be not moving I like the idea of her like hanging on that pole like overlooking the city yes that's really cool so I I don't mind this it's a I, statue it doesn't nope. move so well, I know, she can do agree. sitting things they've 100% they've, on the other side of this <laughs> argument I think it's awesome <laughs> it's a great statue yeah I'm it's a great you. statue one it's like it's huge like you pointed it's 14 inches yeah. that's like this tall it's, you know? that's not that that's your perception yeah. your perception you're of, not good this at sizes this is about a foot <laughs> that is not 14 <laughs> this is about a foot no that's the size that's the size of a toddler that's the size of a toddler like here 
Okay, whatever. Yeah, Point is, here. This is that's not that's an exaggeration. That's not how big I was making it. But okay, so 14 inches is still really big for a statue. Also, too, like I think it reflects the story a little bit more. Like it's more thematic in its. Well, I design. don't disagree. I just think it's her if like I, doing a ninja kick or some shit would be or something would be <laughs> a, would be a little bit she on the nose. No, her hanging off the flag with young faith. It captures all the same elements that you're in love with, but has her in motion. In Clearly, some way. you don't get why would it? No, so you don't get how metaphor. Mirror's works. Edge is cool because it's a game about traversal and movement so if you and I'm psyched for the game and like oh you want to get me on a $200 collector's edition statue I want her I want that pose to be of her doing one of those cool moves that I do in the game so to your point this thing is $200 that statue is $140 yeah are there, you kidding me well there's other stuff in it that I didn't even bother yeah, to write like down art a premium soundtrack yeah, a yeah it's, come on it's like the statue is what matters collector's here. editions are so out of control expensive and stupid now I can't stand it That's well Mitch on that very same note uh, the other silly collector's edition statue. Actually, this one might this one might be so silly it's cool. Yeah, but this <laughs> one's also sure. this is like if you need a mini fridge, maybe buy Call of Duty instead of a mini fridge because you're getting a really good deal on a mini fridge. And How for people going what for people going what the hell is it's Mitch tiny. on? Uh, the two hundred dollar Juggernog edition of Call of Duty Black I Ops Three includes <laughs> a working. Mini fridge that can hold a dozen standard size 12 ounce cans, and it also comes with a pack of coasters to set those <laughs> to set those 12 ounce cans on. Why? This is amazing. I don't get it, but I love it. Yeah. This is the one where I'm like, all so, right. So hold on, let's back up a second. The $200 version of Faith sitting, you guys hate that, but yes. this, but you're you guys on board love. With a fridge oh, okay, that holds 12 It cans. has well, practical application. I no, do appreciate that. The, the fridge is a good value, so that's why Ryan's on board. <laughs> you guys are the reason art is being ruined. <laughs> oh, come on. You know what? I want the mini fridge. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Looking at the statue. Now I'm, I'm like I understand it's a young face. Oh my god, are we still on about it's this like statue? she's reflecting on her past. Oh, I, I get understand it. that. Like, they I get hit the... me with a hammer a few times. <laughs> I caught the metaphor. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah. I, the, it's in the title, man. The two hundred dollar yeah. statue wouldn't have been crazy to me if she were doing something cool. Yeah, or she, if she refrigerated was your fridge or something. <laughs> yeah. That we're on board with. All right, cool. Yeah, if she were standing on top of a working what mini if the fridge, fridge worked. Yeah, <laughs> I, Call of Duty stuff's always been really good. Like they had the the GoPro 1080p camera and, an, and an RC car for <laughs> yeah. Black Ops One. I like think. those are really cool. The actual Jeep. The actual Jeep. They had night vision goggles that were literally night vision goggles. What does the do with the game? Is there some? I haven't played Black it's Ops. It's probably like Is a zombie like joke. A, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a Jeep in the game. <laughs> There's the fridges. Maybe in the game. maybe all of the uh, you know the, there's always thirty hidden intel pieces in any Call of Duty game. Maybe they're all inside the. You mini just fridge. go raid some fridges. Got to got to look for, through the fridge. Hey, look, God. Indiana Jones's head is in here. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, marketplace report. I'm gonna go to Sean Finnegan, Great. Shark here. Tell us what we can spend some coin on this week. Uh, we have at retail. We have EA Sports. Rory McIlroy. 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 Don't watch golf. Sorry. PGA Tour. He's Don't watch golf, and I hate Irish people. Golf's boring, man. Oh my god. He's gosh. Irish. Stop. I'm Irish. I'm Irish. Yeah. Stop. Got some Irish in me. Golf is great. Everyone does. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, on the digital front, we have Spectra for $7.50. $7.50. $7. Oh, $7.50 on Xbox price. One. 
Yeah. Cheap. I don't know what is. Have you? I've never heard of this game. I have not. It's either. an old school racing arcade game, according to the show. Looking notes. it up according now, to, man. According to my own description that yeah. I kindly provided for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, it's yeah. like an eight bit style thing. Oh, that's sort cool. of an old school coin up, like arcade. I would give you more details if our. Oh, here we go. Here we Sweet. go. Sweet. Well, what else? Next one, Sean. Uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition is on sale for ten dollars this week on the Xbox that's a Store. Good deal. If you didn't play it on three sixty, super worth. Uh, that's bucks. a gold deal. You need to be a gold subscriber for that. Still. Noted. But yes, incredible deal. And we have the Batman Arkham Knight Batgirl DLC for $7. That came out today. Which Mitch so mentioned. I played that yesterday. That's like a dollar every 10 minutes. Yep. That game is criminally overpriced at $7. Wow. And Their part DLC the... has been atrocious and gross. Dude, it's like game. the most like greedy snake oil salesman yep. garbage Wait, of the year. Wait, did you say a dollar? What was your dollar every, every 10, minutes. 10 minutes? The thing is an hour long. And it's like the story is meaningless. It has no bearing on anything. There, nothing happens to Barbara. She's not even really the focus of the story. Everything that happens in it is of no consequence. Huh. It's a very straightforward another kidnapping story because Arkham's Knight didn't have enough of those. Like it's the setting isn't terribly interesting. It's just like so weak and disappointing. <laughs> okay, see that, and this okay, is the those flagship piece of their forty dollars season pack. Because I was gonna say, oh, it is. Well, that is kind of a problem then. I was yep. going to say $7 for an hour of content doesn't necessarily seem like the worst deal if the content's good, but it doesn't seem right. like it is. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's like, $7 is a burrito. Journey, <laughs> right? Journey was $15 and it's a two-hour game, but it's oh, amazing. Yeah. But yes. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to know how I got your $7? <laughs> uh, moving on to games with gold for July, we have Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, supposedly the best one of the series. According to well, people, most recent, the mo- the best of the recent it's batch. It's free. Get it? Yes. Totally. That's <laughs> the bottom line. Yeah. Wait, is there? Never mind. Uh, and Plants vs Zombies for the first love, two weeks of two July. weeks in a row. You guys skip the other game for some reason. Oh, so, so many, many for me, me for Xbox. So many one. me. So many me. So many me for Xbox One. Still Never no heard of that one. Oh. <laughs> I have this thing where if like I don't recognize information, it's just not there. <laughs> That's why it's You have a selective reality. Yeah. How'd you do in school, Sean? Oh, I was amazing. <laughs> good, good. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies for the first two weeks of July, and then Gears of War oh, 3 so for the last two weeks see. of July. Let, today oh, yeah, is the last. Today's today. the last day. Oh, you're right. Today go, 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 go. Today's the 15th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it? Today's the yeah, last yeah. day for PVZ. Yeah, hey, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so two things. Also on XBLA, this, or sorry, Jesus, on Xbox One's video game marketplace today. Uh, the Fall, which is a really cool PC game that's not oh, yeah? on Xbox One. Uh, really dark, cool story. It's a 2D like, nice. space exploration sort of thing. It's awesome. Uh, I know a lot of people love that. And Tachyon Project, which is a twin six shooter that looks okay. Excellent. Interesting. Good stuff. Okay. All right. We'll come right back, do a little unlock block trivia for you right after this. I'm going to rock. Unlock block. Can you take on the challenge? All right, let's finish strong with the Unlock Block trivia. The Dookie right here. This is what's at stake at the end of the year for the whoever wins, whoever has the most points at the end <laughs> of the year. in the lead and tied still. Ooh. Yeah, let me, let me pull up. it's 11 and 11. That's my grocery shopping Don't count list. Out the shark. Here we go. Mitch and Destin tied at 11. Sean, way back six points. It doesn't to matter. Today is where you shark attack. You're not on the you show. Least expect them. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on the show every single week, so yeah. uh, we'll find a way. We'll, <laughs> maybe my maybe every time I get a correct answer, it counts as one point five points. Nope. No, yeah. no. What do we? Think? We're not going to leave you. a comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should so this be the way it works. This week's winner is Joe. His gamer tag. If you'd like to make a new friend on Xbox Live, is 
the Joe Kerr, spelled the space J O three space K E R. If you'd like to uh, say hello to Joe on Xbox Live, and he sends in this question: Which of the following four games was not a day one launch game? So that's November fifteenth, two thousand one, for the original Xbox. Was it? Air Force, Delta Storm, Amped, Freestyle Snowboarding, NFL Fever 2002, or Mad Dash Racing. Some old school Xbox games right here. Are we answering? Uh, um, did everybody write down their yep. answers? Yeah, we did. Everybody wrote down their answers. So I had, I did not know this. I did, did not I? remember this But did well. you get it right when you guessed? <clears throat> when I get, I don't get to guess because I oh, yeah, just see knows the answer. The I just see it when I see the email. So Air Force, Delta Storm, Amped. Freestyle snowboarding, NFL Fever 2002, or Mad Dash Racing. I will go. Uh, let's go to Sean first. What did you say, my friend? I wrote D for Mad Dash Racing because okay. that game sounds made up to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because that's why I picked my answer. Yeah. I went with A, Air Force Delta Storm because it sounds like a made up game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dustin. I, yeah, I went D. I knew it was A or D. Uh, yep. No, you didn't know because oh. it was. B and oh, wow. and we really this was this really? was a this Amps was a tough not one. a launch game. It, it came out. I'm not sure it was. I can picture the box art Me in too. my head. It came out like a week later. Oh come okay. on! Just mislaunched. <laughs> but the rest of these are all real games what? that came out on day one, November fifteenth, two thousand one, for the original it Xbox. Air Force Mad Dash Delta Racing Storm. is not real. Our scoring does not change for the week, and Joe has the distinct pleasure, some extra brownie points for stumping everybody here. Well Thanks, done, Joe. Joe. This You've won box a prize. art looks made up. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to try and stump the panel and win yourself a prize of some sort, be it a download code for something, uh, usually that's what it is, a download code for something, send your Xbox-related trivia question along with four multiple-choice answers. Please note the correct one. Send it where, Mitch? Unlocked at IGN.com. Brilliant. Subject line, bitter contestant. <laughs> nope, that's not the oh. subject line, unlock block <laughs> trivia. This game came to Game Boy Advance? <laughs> Come on, man. All right, let's plug some stuff and get out of here. Destin, I'm going to go to you first. All right, just the No Man's Sky coverage on IGN. You know, be sure oh, to yeah. check that out. Today we came out with a great video, No Man's Sky Sci-Fi Inspirations. Very proud of it. Man, I was Yeah, he mentions like Dune and a bunch of super classic old-school yeah. computer games. Put a lot of work in that one with uh, Denise, a yeah. video editor, and uh, together we made something really cool. And, 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 and Sean. Else, right? And Sean, oh, who thanks. shot it. Oh, Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, who shot the piece, obviously, yeah. and Marty, who did the questioning, and Ryan, who set up the interview. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> and Mitch, yeah. who drank on the balcony while yeah. the interview happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, just to head this off, we literally don't know anything about an Xbox One version. We genuinely, because that's yeah. going to be like, well, is it, coming? That's, is it coming to Xbox? We're not sure. I think it will I op- eventually. Yeah, I, think I will. operate under the assumption it is happening. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, because the, their wording has been very... They've never said it's not coming. Yeah, they've been it's, very particular. It just sounds like it's going to be kind of a, you know, maybe a Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider type situation where it may come out on PS4 first. It's coming out on PC as well, by the way. Uh, and I think the P, I think the PC version, I think, is day and date with whenever the PS4 one will be. I don't know for sure, but... Uh, so yeah, just to head off the Xbox question, yeah. we don't actually know. We think it is. We will try to find out and deliver that to you when we can. Someday. And yeah, Sean, you obviously did a good job shooting. Thank I didn't mean you. to diminish your contribution. <laughs> no, I was just yeah. being flippant. That's all right. I, everybody was like, Denise did an amazing job <laughs> this morning. And I was like, come on. <laughs> like, I put a lot of work into that, too. Yeah. You know. Air Force Delta Storm, a Konami classic. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Speaking of Konami, Shark. 
Plug some stuff. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at I'm Finnegan. Uh, like Destin said, I was going to plug that same thing. That yeah, you should have been uh, like, I did this great No Man's Sky piece that Destin had no part of. Yeah, but I think what's really cool about that piece is a lot, it's a lot more philosophical in nature. It's like about how, like, kind of the, just the, how, like, what influenced the way that world is designed from the ground up, you know, from a story and sort of, like, atmospheric perspective. It's not so much about the game and specifically. His, his childhood experiences, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, you know, you hear those stories now about how, like, the worlds of Mario and uh, Zelda and, like, uh, all of the sort of early Nintendo franchises were influenced by uh, Miyamoto going out into, like, the caves and, like, forests in his or backyard temples, and looking yeah. at bugs and stuff. Like, this is kind of one of those things, except... In video form, so check that spice. out. Yeah, yeah, and it's a younger person, so his inspirations are different. Like he was inspired by Doom, Pokemon, and, and uh, Halo. Super old games like Elite. <laughs> that was literally just dots on a screen. And, Blues yeah. Clues. So that's cool. So yeah. check that out. All that. Mitch Dyer. Uh, you know what? I actually don't have a lot going on right now. Um, got my early access or whatever code for the StarCraft Two prologue for Legacy of the Void. So we're gonna Ooh. see if we can do something with that. Nice. Maybe keep an eye out for something there. We should talk about um, that. A video. Uh, we a might video. be doing another podcast here on IGN, trying out something new. So because we don't have enough already. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do another uh, audio show and video show. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be uh, if you're a PC gamer, it'll be for you. Excellent. And where can we follow you on Twitter? I'm at Mitchie D. Outstanding. Oh yeah. You can follow me at DMC underscore Ryan. No. Uh, I am also part of the No Man's Sky stuff this month, just here and there. And Unlock 201. Hopefully, all of you have heard it. That's the, as good as the show will ever get <laughs> with, with uh, Phil Spencer, Peter Moore, and Seamus Blackley telling all kinds of old, cool Xbox stories. And what else? Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted just real quick. Actually, a fan plug. This is rare. This, I don't think this has ever been done before, but this is a very nice email that I think might be of interest to some folks. Luke Soin. I'm hoping that's how you pronounce or Soin. I'm going to go with Soin. S-O-I-N. Swan? Could be. Anyway. Uh, Luke writes in and says he's a huge fan. He's listened to every episode. Says we're still killing it 200 episodes later. But notice just 200 episodes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He says, uh, he said, he, uh, I've been doing stand-up comedy for three and a half years in Sacramento. First of all, wow. tip of the hat because that takes a lot Brave. of guts to do hard. that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to invite you guys, meaning everybody, all our listeners, to come and see me do my first ever set at the San Francisco Punchline. Oh, wow. Show is going to be on July 28th at 8 p.m. It's a $15 ticket. So he says it's a Tuesday. He's like, ah, oh, it's a Tuesday. It's not free. So I understand if you guys can't make it. Uh, but he wanted to invite everybody, and he just says thank you for uh, being awesome on Unlocked. So Luke, best of luck as you take the stage. And you got we'll, this, baby. I will I actually be. You. I will actually be on vacation that day, but I hope that some of the crew can make it down to. Yeah, I'll to take a look. You I, wrote, I wrote it down to see if I can make it. That is actually. I'm, here, Mitch. I'm just going to give that to you, yeah, so you have works. the information now. Although it's in the unlocked email, so you have that too. I will never find it. It's so bad at email. <laughs> so that's it. That is episode 203 in the books. Most of you get the show on iTunes. We appreciate you listening there. Just search "Podcast Unlocked" in the iTunes Store search field, and it'll, you'll find it. You can also get the show, of course, on IGN. On the IGN Xbox One app, if you want to watch the video, or YouTube is the other good place to get the video version. So for Sean the Shark Finnegan, Mitch Dyer, Destin Legary, my name's Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 203. Palindrome! No, that was last week. <laughs> good try, though. You got another shot in about 10 shows, 9 shows. and we'll 212 s- coming up! <laughs> and we'll see you guys <laughs> next week.